Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're doing another player profile. So today we're going to break down Carl Anthony Towns, uh, otherwise known as Cat, which I'm going to say the rest of the episode because it's so much shorter. Um, so if you're not familiar with the player profiles, basically what we're going to do is we're going to give a little overview of the player, and then we're going to break him down three separate ways. We're going to break him down with the box score, with analytics, and then lastly, with a little tape study. Uh, and then I guess we'll have a little conclusion at the end. <laughs> uh, but Cat, a uh, brief overview for him. He's 6'11", 240. He's going into his eighth year. He's going into his age 27 season. So he is in the middle of his prime. He spent his entire career in Minnesota. So this episode is pretty timely because Minnesota is struggling to start the year. They made a huge trade. Uh, they traded a billion first round picks for Rudy Gobert. So that means they have two centers on their team. Now they're going to move Cat over to the four and they're going to see how that works out for them because the reason they traded for Rudy is because they haven't had a defensive big man in a very long time on that team. And that's going to be a really big part of this episode. So one other thing, we're about 10 games into the season. So it's a, a little difficult to uh, take away things in that small of a sample size. In general, uh, we had talked about padding on a recent podcast episode, and that is very helpful. But Cat's situation is also different because he lost 20 pounds in the offseason due to illness. So he had a pretty slow start to the year, as well as a new situation, trying to fit with Rudy Gobert. But like losing 20 pounds, sometimes there's things in the offseason that that don't actually matter and we talk about them but something like Embiid came into the year and then it was revealed he has tendonitis or he had tendonitis and so he's very out of shape so it's like okay weighs seven feet like 270 pounds and he's he's out of gas in the first quarter like that's obviously gonna make you play worse um losing 20 pounds because you got sick is insane I don't know if that's happened to any of you it's never happened to me but that is like that's you're not going to be very good at basketball. There's going to be a, a bounce back period in your life in general. So that that 20 pounds, that that's a big thing that that makes that compounds a lot of existing problems for uh, the Timberwolves to start the season. But that's just an overview on kind of Kat's career to kind of speed you up to get you to now. Uh, let's look at the box score. Let's start there. Uh, pretty much since his, his second year in the league, he's averaged about 25 points a game. Really, really good. 11 rebounds, three assists, a block and a half. And on paper, that's an all-star, like pretty open and shut case. Pretty easy to uh, to, to kind of assume there, right? Uh, if you look a little bit deeper, he shoots about six free throws a game, which is good, but it is not elite. I was actually looking at some of the other top players in the league. LeBron, um, Giannis, even like Jimmy Butler, like back end top 10 guys, um, that, that, that free throw rate is it's good, but it's not among the super elite guys. The super elite guys are like eight, nine. And if you can break 10 free throws a game, that's a really, really good. Like in Harden's prime, he was there a lot. Giannis is there. Uh, efficiency wise, he's, he's always been a really efficient player. He's about 40% from three for his career, which is absolutely insane for a big man especially a center i think it was last year he won the three-point contest which i mean that's that's another indicator of like that's pretty crazy for a, a big man to win that and he's taken about six a game in the last few years which again is a pretty healthy amount uh that means he's he's definitely taking a fair amount of them and one interesting thing 
that I just started kind of getting into this. Um, so we talk about true shooting plus, or I do at least a lot, sort of like you take your twos, your threes, and your free throws, you put them all together, and then true shooting plus where 100 is league average. And then for every percent, you're better or worse. Um, for every, Sorry, for every like number like 101, 102, you're one or 2% better than league average. So Cat is 112 for his career, which is phenomenal efficiency-wise. That means he's 12% better than the league during his career. And again, I like to go to kind of the all-time charts to, to kind of get you a, a comfortable feeling for what that means. Because in a vacuum, you're like, well, he's better than league average, so that's good, but I don't really know where to place that. Because in baseball, if you're 12% than league average offensively, like you're like a good, like helpful player, but you're not an all-star unless you're really good at defense. Um, but uh, the all-time list, Kareem, 14%, Steph in that 14%, Magic, 13%. Um, breaking that double digit barrier is really hard. Wilt Chamberlain's there. Shaq has broken it. He's 11% better for his career. So Cat's efficiency is absolutely insane. Like LeBron and Jordan are 108, 106. So uh, just kind of get, to get you a feel for that. His efficiency is among the greats all time. And like, you know, we look at the box score, he's doing it at pretty good volume, about 25 points a game. So scoring is not Cat's issue. The efficiency is not his issue. He's a very good three-point shooter on high volume, which is a really good thing. Uh, one kind of interesting stat that I've never really noticed before for other players, but again, I was looking through all the other you know, kind of top players to compare him to, and he is over 10% better than league average from both two and three in his career, which is insane. I couldn't find the closest player I could find was Kevin Durant. I think he was like seven and 8% better on those things. So cat's ability to put the ball in the basket is crazy. So recapping the box score, looks really good. The points are really good. The efficiency is insane. Like this is all time stuff. So the box score looks really, really good for cat. And this is why, a player that has played in Minnesota his entire career, we are familiar with because like, let's be honest, Minnesota has not been great other than last year. You know, they had a run in the playoffs, but prior to that has not been a super successful franchise, but you know who Cat is. So let's move over to the analytics. Let's open up our basketball index account. Uh, he's 98th percentile in overall shot making. So again, that adjusts for difficulty. So not only is he putting the ball in the basket, we know from the box score, doing it at a really high clip, but also like the difficulty is there. So everything you want to see in a score. So another way to look at the fouls drawn, he's 97th percentile over the last three years uh, at fouls drawn per 75 possessions. That's a really fancy way of saying something similar. Where Again, you look at the league, he's 97th percentile drawing a lot of fouls. But when you're trying to be a top 20 player like Cat is, um, the... <laughs> Boy, there's like 400, 450 guys in the league. Um, those three percentiles really matter when you're, you're really trying to ascend that mountain to get to the tippy, tippy top. Um, this is among bigs, uh, 90th percentile in finishing, so good. 97th percentile in the mid-range, great. 99th percentile in three-point shooting talent, which takes into account everything. Your creation, your shot making, your shot quality. It's a really good all-in-one kind of way to get a feel for a player's three-point shooting impact. Uh, 99th percentile in playmaking. The quality is good. The versatility is good. Um, he's not a super high-volume passer because a lot of the time he's just finishing plays because, again, he's such an effective scorer. Uh, but then wrapped up in the playmaking, we do have a scoring gravity. Um, and that is 100th percentile 
And uh, that's something that's definitely pretty apparent when you when you watch him, that the, the gravity is legit and people are <laughs> definitely worried about him scoring. Um, let's look. This is sorted by anchor bigs. Um, D, offensively rebounding. C, as a defensive rebounder. So a little below average on offense. I think some of that also could be when you're shooting that many threes, like you're just going to be far away from the basket. So it's hard to make an impact there. And then on defense, about neutral, you know, average where... The, the rebounding numbers are pretty good, but again, we need to compare him to, you know, the players that are doing similar things as him. And this was last year's anchor big. I think this year with Rudy, he probably will be in a different role, but, you know, a middle of the road rebounder, I think adding Rudy, who's a really strong rebounder, helps the team. Um, again, on defense, we're looking at, this is sorted by anchor bigs, uh, get some on-ball steals, which is good. Uh, the post defense analytically is pretty strong. Uh, but a D in rim protection, which is a really important stat for bigs. That's not great. And then a D in help activity. So those are not really things that you want. So let's sort it by centers that played a thousand minutes, right? So a thousand minutes is just kind of the clip of like, you're playing a, a reasonable amount, right? Um, like you're definitely in the rotation cats over 2000 minutes, a lot of the time, which is like star players, starters that play a lot. So he's the sample sizes for him minutes wise, you don't have to worry about, but we're just trying to take out guys that, that don't play very much. Right. So uh, his defensive impact in D LeBron, this is really the crux of it. I've tried to be very positive <laughs> uh, probably the first half of this episode, but this is where it becomes a huge issue with cat. So again, D LeBron among centers, uh, with a thousand minutes. So they're just playing, uh, in 2022, he was 43rd in the league. Um, and that is, that is really not good, uh, out of 47 centers that qualify. So he was one of the worst defensive centers in the league. Not great. Uh, 2021, we look back, that's two years ago. He was 26th in the league. And you're like, okay, well, how many starting centers are there? You don't really want to be 26th. Uh, that was out of 39. So kind of middle of the road. 2021 wasn't, I mean, it, it was pretty bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you're not the worst defensive big in the league, right? And then we go back to 2020 and he was 40th again out of 44. So 2022 in 2020, he was almost the worst defensive big and overall defensive impact for our D LeBron stat. And that is really, really not good. Um, you really need to be an absolute flamethrower on offense um, for that to be worth it. Um, so I think when you look at these numbers, the Rudy trade makes more and more sense. Um, but yeah, that's the analytics. Um, they love the offense. They love every part of it. The one thing that surprised me is I didn't realize how good he was in the mid-range. That was something that the analytics kind of shined a light on. Uh, the playmaking also, because he's just so often scoring, that the, the versatility, I definitely saw that on tape a little bit. Some of the passes kind of, you could kind of throw it all around because he's so big. Um, and then let's look at the tape. Um, I mostly looked at last year because, again, we're only 10 games into this year. Uh, but so there's a tiny bit of this year and then mostly 2022. Uh, the good, the shooting, obviously great. The, the spacing is is fantastic. He looks really comfortable shooting mid-rangers. Uh, a lot of no doubters just based on like the way the, the net moves that the ball's not even touching the rim where you're like, okay, yeah, I want, I want this guy shooting 20 shots a game. Um, I think probably the most valuable thing he does, the, so the spacing is great, but attacking closeouts, it is 
he might be i think he's probably the best player in the league at it because he's able to put on put the ball on the ground for maybe one maybe two dribbles and then off one leg able to finish a lot of the times with a dunk uh, he finishes around the rim really well so the reason his finishing grade wasn't super high was because his rim shot creation isn't through the roof but his, his rim shot making is pretty good which is again finishing at the rim adjusted for difficulty but just that whole problem that he presents the defense of he's such a great shooter right it's 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 pretty high volume it's really good efficiency and then if you close out too hard it is just a problem because you know he goes by you it's one dribble he's so big he's so long and then trying to have another defender come over and help like that's really the problem when a small forward or a shooting guard has to rotate down and try to stop him it's just game over right like he's just going to score and he he might embarrass you honestly like he might throw one down on your head so him attacking close just that that situation of like when a player is closing out to him deciding on whether you're gonna let him shoot the three or try to get up on him i think that probably puts players in one of the worst defensive situations in the league so that is really really devastating on tape uh the post play looks good um takes advantage of smaller players well solid touch he can face up the jumper's good um if you take anything away from this episode the offense is very good in a lot of different ways like i like the driving i like the shooting i like the post play it is good. Um, now let's go to the bat. So the driving I do like because it is so devastating so so often. But one thing that does happen is he does get into a lot of awkward collisions a fair amount. Um, I don't know if he's trying to draw the contact or, you know, Cat is a big guy. So maybe his change of direction isn't always the greatest where he's trying to go downhill towards the basket. And then instead of there being uh, stationary people at him, because so if he's pulling out the big, um smaller players are rotating so smaller players are running towards him so there's there's less time to react because he's moving and it's like what's that math problem where there's two trains going towards each other you got to figure out when they collide um it's hard when you're as big as he is uh but again gets the gets the foul line a lot but it is a lot of really awkward collisions they're not high speed collisions they're a lot of medium speed collisions but uh it's not like i'm worried about him getting hurt but that's just something i noticed like it's a lot of his arm kind of getting hit in a weird way and his body. And it's just a, a strange thing. Um, he's not super explosive. This is another negative where jumping off two feet can be a problem. So when he is attacking a closeout and he's running, going off one foot, he's pretty difficult to stop. And you don't really want to get in front of that. Um, well, it's probably going to be an offensive foul too, um, just because it's it's so difficult. He's so big. Um, but, but jumping off two feet, especially in the key around other bigs, it is noticeable. We are like, oh, he's not great at this. This is probably one of his few offensive weaknesses. Um, let's move over to the defensive tape. Ah, this is, this is man. So it, it's not good. It is not good i talked about the d sometimes you know so we've done this we talked about cj mccollum last episode in the player profile and now we're talking about cat and these are more offensive slanted players and they are good but it is really difficult when you look at his tape it's a mix of going through the motions it's a mix of being good at zero things um his positioning is weak his motor is very very low uh he changes directions like a boat 
uh, it looks like he's sleepwalking on every possession. Like I multiple times frust- in frustration closed the window where I was like, I can't see more of this. I don't want to see any more of this tape. Like I <laughs> like I was like, I almost irate about it. It was just so frustrating. Um uh, I, the D LeBron's right. <laughs> I I'll just save you the trouble. The D LeBron's right. Um, this season, I, I don't know if it's because he's playing out of position. I mean, even the tape I saw, Rudy wasn't even on the court on some of these plays. He just makes the incorrect decision so often on defense. I, I, he, he he rotates when it's not his rotation. He gets lost. He stands kind of in no man's land a lot. I just, I can't, I cannot understand what he is trying to do. It is not effective. It leads to so many open shots and not like wide open shots. Uh, it's, it's bad. So <laughs> we'll move on. Cause I, it's just going to make me upset uh, in conclusion. So we've, we've talked about the box score. We've talked a little analytics. We talked a little tape. Um, he's a devastating offensive player, like the efficiency, the volume, the tape, the analytics. It is unreal. I can't really think of another player like him. But yeah, it's it's very, very good. But defensively, the Rudy trade makes sense, right? Where you're like, okay, we have to get this guy out of the anchor big role as the, as the primary. You, you just can't have him involved in this many actions. So maybe he's going to play the four. He could be a helper. Um, I don't know, possibly try to get him into that low activity role we have at Basketball Index. But the Rudy trade makes a ton of sense when you watch the tape because you're like it's the only rational thing to do where it's like i can't imagine winning a championship with cat as your center i i i I, you would have to have you would have to have like like three all defensive players around him at like the two three and four like you would just have to have these swiss army knives of super like you'd have like prime Kawhi leonard with uh I always forget the guy's name. Who's the guy? He's on the he was on the Grizzly, the grit and grind Grizzlies, first email Jedi. I don't know. You'd have to have a lot of defensive specialists. Tony Allen. I think I have him as the 30th best player in the league. So I don't know. I don't know. I you probably can win a championship if he's your third best player because he's just such a good offensive player. But this has really made me rethink things where I'm like, does Cat need to be lower in people's rankings in the league? Because he's just so bad at defense. Um, I think, you know, you have Rudy on the team. He's a better player just because the, the defensive impact is so insane from him. And then you have Anthony Edwards. And that was kind of the three they built around with the trade. And you're hoping that Ant's just going to take a huge jump, become a superstar. And then I guess the team, like if Ant becomes a top 20 player, and then Rudy's somewhere in the 20s and Cat's, you know, late 20s, 30. Like, that does make sense. He's the third best player. So it's very possible on this team. But I don't know. They got to figure out some things on defense. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just shoots like 44% one of these years from three, and it just does not matter. And they just roll teams, and then they get into the playoffs, and their offense is just too much, and Rudy can clean up everything behind him. It's been a struggle early in the season. I follow some people uh, that cover the Timberwolves, and it hasn't been good. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, That is the the player profile on Cat. Outstanding offensive player. Pretty bad on defense. Uh, My name's Taylor, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.